welcome to the Enchantress Society with Tia Johnson, a place where you get to be you, where you get to unlock your magic in a sacred and judgment-free zone. The Enchantress Society is your witchy sisterhood of enchanting women who guides and supports you along your spiritual journey from the mundane to the magical. I invite you to sit for a spell as I interview guests and spill the spiritual tea on how we can create the magical life we deserve. Hello, 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 and welcome back for this episode of the Magical Tools series. So last uh, episode, we talked about the Atheme, the cauldron, and candles. How we can use them in ritual practices and so forth. And there's a long, extensive history (laughs) on cauldrons and all that jazz. And uh, the usage with um, the goddesses and so forth. And it's always so cool to think about how we can relate the tools we use to something, whether it's in our lives or whatever spirit we choose to work with and so forth. And we can actually form a type of bond with some of the the tools that we use, such as with the tools in this title, tarot cards, oracle cards, and runes. I don't know about you, but I get attached to my cards. <laughs> um, and they're magical. It's it's so interesting when you pull a tarot or oracle card and the message is just on point that is really eerie. So let's get into it. What's the difference between us two? What's a rune? All that jazz. All right. It's funny because my notes have oracle cards and then tarot and then it's tarot and an oracle cards. So we're going to we're going to get this right. We are going to talk about tarot first because that's what I have here. All right. And also some housekeeping if you're not on the email list. Okay, you are missing out. All right, I got some great things coming your way. This is my birthday month. And there's a surprise coming later. So if you're not on the email list, it would behoove you to do so. (laughs) But also, it's the way I connect with you. Uh, on a more regular basis, especially uh, in between episodes. All right. And also, if you didn't hear the beginning of the first part of this series, I just talked about basically how I got more candid in my emails and and just reaffirming a few things. All right. So, tarot. Old, old, old. It is the oldest known cards used for divination. All right. Their exact origin is unknown. And then it stays here. Some occultists and tarot experts, okay, suggest that they can be traced back to ancient Egypt. While others consider them as an invention of the Chinese. However, there is little or no evidence to support either of these theories. All right. And then it goes on. Uh, talking about other cultures and how they also use 
the tarot. Now, some of the differences that separate tarot from oracle cards is that the tarot is based on a system. And that system includes 78 cards in two parts, the major arcana and the minor arcana. And the major consists of 22 cards. Cards each displays an allegorical figure in a sense of complicated symbolic meaning. Okay. And it states here, some occultists attribute them to the 22 letters of the Hebrew Hebrew alphabet. So it talks here about one through 21 and then zero. And that includes the magician, the high priestess, the empress, and so forth. Ending with judgment, the world, and the fool. Okay. And then we have the other part of that. which is the minor arcana. And that's divided into four suits, the wands, the cups, the pentacles, and the swords. And so each of them run from, you know, ace to 10, the page, and I, the king, the queen. Okay. And in a regular card deck, it is hearts, diamonds, clubs, and spades. Okay. And those are the cards that we know today that we use, you know, when we're playing poker and so forth. All right. So pulling these cards helps you understand um, what's going on. There are messages. There is a divination tool, as I said earlier. So that's how you can use it in your rituals or even while you're, you are looking to cast a spell. So for example, Let's say you want to work on um, a spell to bring in love. One way you can look at this is to take all of the, the minor arcana cards for uh, pentacles. Because let's say you want to be more grounded. That's associated with earth. And let's say you want to be more grounded so that way you can be fully in your center and your zone for you to receive love. Uh, that's, that's right for you as opposed to uh, dealing with the sores, which has to do with the element of air. And it can be that you are looking at relationships from too much of a logical standpoint. Like you're just too analytical. You got to loosen up a little bit and enjoy the, the process of, getting to know someone all right like don't skip that process that could be overthinking so maybe that's not the case right where it's just like you know what let me not excuse me not that it's not the case let you not make that the case about overthinking and so forth let's get more grounded so we're more receptive of love and not thinking that it has to be conditional so you're going to use just that suit that pentacle suit You can shuffle those cards and ask your question, what do I need to focus on to help me get grounded? And let's say you get the the king of pentacles. And that would be a man that is fair and firm and, you know, close to nature and like a rock, right? So that could symbolize you needing to look at your masculine energy 
and understanding how that can be your anchor. Like, what is it about the masculine side of you that you can tap into to help you be centered so you can receive love and not overthink it and also not be too flighty where you can ignore the red flags, okay? So it's just how can you be more in your zone so you can welcome in that love? And that's one way you can use the cards. Or you can use the entire deck (laughs) as your question. Yeah, ask your question while you have your candles burning in the background, your cauldron off to the side with the incense burning. Okay, you got the whole stage set up there. You can ask your question, shuffle the deck, pick your spread, the Celtic cross, uh, the three-card spread, a five-card spread. That's how you can use it in your rituals. It could be as simple or as complicated as you want. You can shuffle it and pull one card for a theme of the day. Okay, and speaking of picking themes for the day, let me just also explain uh, just a little bit more the difference between tarot and oracle cards. So as as I read to you, it's a system. You have the major and minor arcana. It's 78 cards. There's the symbology, symbology, can't talk these brackets. <laughs> They're on the deck, all right, or on the deck, on the cards, Um for example, like the high priestess and in, in some deck, she has a scepter in her hand and she's sitting on the throne and there's usually the moon in the background that represents her intuitive strength. And, you know, there's like a lot of symbols going on in, in the background. And so that's that's one of the biggest factors is the, the system of the tarot. And the oracle cards is less structured. So this would be good. I even recommend actually using the Oracle cards when you're starting off as a practice. It depends. If if you're someone that's like, oh, I'm nervous about using this for div- divination and, you know, just understanding using this process, use Oracle cards because Oracle cards usually have a, a lighter vibe to them. Oracle cards is like your friend that goes, Oh, cheer up. You got this. And tarot cards are your best friend to go, bitch, if you don't toughen up, I know you got it in you. You just having a moment. (laughs) That's the difference. (laughs) Oracle cards are less structured. Okay. And it's usually a combination of, you know, the artwork and that artist interpretation. So whereas with the tarot cards, like I said, you, you have that the queen of pentacles, you have uh, you know, the king of pentacles, you have the queen of wands, like, like you have the wands, like that's what it is. Right. And the, the, the element relation to it and all the things that come with that. Right. Like I gave you the example of the, the, the uh, pentacle and earth. So, you know, it, it's structured like that. There's no getting around it with Oracle cards. It's based on the author design. So that's why you see Oracle cards like angel Oracle cards, you know, because it can be they tune into the angel for, you know, whatever the case may be, angel for for love, angel for understanding, and then they can write a, a channel message on there. 
or they can create their own thing, which, which would be something like uh, the, the, the holiday witch, right? And it could be the holiday card, like a Christmas Oracle card deck. And it's like the holiday, which is coming to let you know that the theme for your day is just to have more fun. See the magic in this holiday season because you've been a little grumpy lately. You see what I'm saying? So like the author can have their own messaging system, whether it's a channel message, whether it's, it's their intuitive, just tapping into their energy and, and, and the collective conscious of their people and get that. Yeah. You know what? There's going to be some grumpy witches. <laughs> so let me do this. So that's that's really the the main differences between the tarot cards and oracle cards. So again, you, you can use the oracle cards as a daily theme for your daily rituals. Um, you you can use them in the same way as you use tarot cards, meaning spread wise. So if you want to do the Celtic cross spreads, one of my favorite spreads with the Oracle cards, you can do that. If you want to do the one card pull, the three card pull, you can do that. You can use them the same way you use tarot cards. It's just that the system is different. Okay. Moving right along. So, Runes. Runes are something I recently started using. I've been studying them for a while, but I never actively used it. And even now, I still don't use it as much. I'm getting the hang of it. I'm still trying to figure out if it's my thing, but I know it's something that many of us start off with. And uh, it's good to at least understand, at least know what they are. And if it's one of those things that like, eh, maybe it's not for me, it's okay. Some people don't use tarot or, or oracle cards, which is funny because I recently found that out. Like, <laughs> I haven't met a witch who didn't use oracle cards or tarot cards. And here it is. I, I came across one and they have since changed their, n- not complete mind. They don't want a reading done for them. They rather not use that for divination to know anything about the future. They just look at it as, no, I rather just live my life day to day, so to speak. I don't, I, I rather embrace what comes my way. I like a good heads up. I don't like su- surprises. If it's a nice one, okay, cool, great. But I like the heads up. <laughs> That's on me. So it's interesting. Never came across it, but that person does do car pulls every now and then not their thing but they do it every now and then and i can understand that i respect that you know not a big deal but just so you know you don't have to do this all right but it is fun to do especially if you are someone who benefits from visual aid like me all right so here's what the Witch's Book, the Encyclopedia of Witchcraft, Wicca, and Neo-Paganism by Raymond Buckland has to state about runes. And it actually sent me to, I don't know how to pronounce this word, but it's, it, it's taking me back to understanding the origins of it. And this is spelled F-U-T-H-O-R-C. And I'm definitely not going to butcher this name. 
Okay. It states that this is the acronym for the first six characters of the Anglo-Saxon runic alphabet. And I'm not going to pronounce their names because we're going to butcher it. But as it states, it starts, there's a F-U-T-H and there's O-R-C. All right. Runic writings was in use from the third century CE until almost modern times in remote areas of Sweden. Originally, the runes consisted of 24 letters, the all Germanic staves known as fruit hark. Probably mispronouncing it. <laughs> All right. So next it has here by the third century, runic writing had spread to Norway and was used to carve inscriptions onto stone mountains. By the fifth century, the writing was found in England where it flourished during the fifth, the five centuries of the Anglo-Saxon period. So that was a little history there for you. All right, the, the word rune means mystery or secret in early English. Runes were never a strictly Unitarian form of writing, and there are many variations to be found in different areas, which I have noticed that. And I wanted to mention that because you will see that many cultures use runes. And it, it's easy to look at runes from a different culture and think is that the right one i don't know should i be using that one that's the research that uh you'll have to do and see if that's for you um the one i purchased i believe i got that from white witch parlor i believe so and they're smoothed out you can get them in just about any crystal that's tumbled and tumble means it's smoothed out. Like I, I've seen runes that, that were onyx that were, uh, what's that? I see it. Not topaz. I think it was garnet. It's so, so many different versions of it. So don't get too caught up on it. So how can you use these runes? Well, they are a form of divination, but it's really weird. So <laughs> it helps you to understand the, the variables and possible outcomes. So this is not something you will probably use on a day-to-day basis. Like, oh, what's the theme for today, <laughs> right? It's going to be, well, there are possible outcomes and here are some variables that could maybe make that happen or not happen it's up to you are you going to get out of bed in the morning are you going to have your coffee before you talk to people are you going to work today depends you know it's like open-ended so there's probably not something you're going to use every day unless that is for you some people are more well versed in it that's their calling that's their thing and they they have a relationship with their rooms like some people have with their Oracle card deck. Um, so it's not off the table. It's just that because this is so much more open-ended, it may actually have you overthinking, <laughs> thinking more now than when you first started. So keep that in mind. All right. So, and, and that's based on the issue as it is at that moment. That's what I tell people too. When I, when I give readings for people, I see paths 
Like literally, I see paths and up to a certain extent, then I just see a fog, a white cloud, because I'm not supposed to see anything else. And what I explain to people is the terrain, which usually gets, not usually, it gets translated several different ways. Because when people come to me, I don't know their entire culture. There's a lot of things I don't know. So I will present certain possibilities. Like, okay, this is what I'm seeing uh, now. And like I explained in the previous episode, several definitions for the color red. And I would just say, this is what I'm seeing. Uh, for example, one time I gave a reading to someone and one of the paths I saw was uh, basically uh, a, a cobblestone path, but there was weeds growing out and there was just weeds everywhere. And I said, this is either a part of you that hasn't been tended to, or this is part of you that is your wild side that wants to come out. And this is the path you need to go on. It's just time for you to not make everything so neat and clean and proper at a 90 degree angle and all, all this other stuff, like make it 65 degrees. I don't know. I'm making it up, but you get what I'm saying. You know, loosen up your tie a little bit, roll up your sleeve a little bit, unbutton the top button. You know, it's just loosen up a little bit. Okay. And then we'll talk and, you know, we'll talk through this. That's what I explain to people. And that's what this, this rune is, is possibilities. Okay. So if you're looking for a more definitive answer, <laughs> I see I lead you to your answer. I don't give you the answer. I'm I'm just a person holding the, the light, <laughs> helping you. Okay. And that's what this ruin is. So uh just a heads up at starting off because sometimes it gets overwhelming. What does this symbol mean? What does that symbol mean? So the way some people use runes is they, they come in a little in a bag, okay, and it's usually a cloth bag. You shake it up a little bit, and then you empty the pouch, small bag, onto the table. You look at where the runes fall, where are they clustered towards, like are, are there a couple of runes that just happen to be with each other? Is one by itself? Did one flip over? What does that mean? So this is where the intuitive practice comes in, where you look at it and and you you tap into that vibe, and then you also think, okay, what what is it saying here? What are the rooms next to it? Oh, that means love, compassion, and let go. Oh, okay, so there must be something I need to let go and give more compassion towards it to increase the love. So then you start to put it into a sentence and then you look at what, what other, you know, runes are there and what's by itself, like I said earlier. So this is how you get into divination. This is how you start to interpret things because it's a case by case basis. This is why you got to rely on your, your intuition first and then the situation, because you think about the situation, you may inadvertently try to make certain things apply. So go into it open-hearted, open-minded, go with the initial feeling and then talk through it. Okay, so that's one way. 
you can have your music playing in the background, your incense going, your candles, and you use that. Okay. Another way you can use runes, and again, this is something that's up to you. I like to hold them in my hand and shake them up in my hand a little bit and then lay it out that way. You can uh, have them, you could just randomly put them out. You can reach in a bag, one, two, three. Think about how you got to just put it out that way. Just get creative, tap into it. Just figure out what you're being called to do. You may shake up the, the pouch and take out three, the, the first three, boom, boom, boom. Okay? The process is easy. We just got to be open to the interpretation and understand that each time we we do this, it can mean something different. You can get the same card on five different occasions and notice something different about that card on each occasion. Oh, there was a butterfly there? I never noticed the butterfly was there. Oh my gosh, there's water back there. There's a little waterfall. What? How did I not see that? Because we weren't meant to see it at that time. Okay, so that's what I have. Tarot, Oracle, and Runes. So don't overthink getting a tarot card deck or an Oracle card deck. My first deck, I was so inspired by Colette Baron reed that I went and purchased the... um, Oh, gosh, what was the name of her first deck? It's based off the, the Mist of Avalon. It's my favorite deck till this day. And I remember just being so happy. I opened it up, and I was catching the subway home, and it was a long walk from the entryway to the actual turnstile. And so I would just, I just opened it, and I was in awe, and there was no one around me. And uh, for those of you who are older, this subway looked like, the subway from uh, the Warriors. Like I was really expecting someone to, to say, Warriors, come out to play. <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh. But <laughs> that didn't happen. But uh, <laughs> it was, thank God. It was a long walk and I, I just touched every card. I was just in awe. Almost every card. There's one card I was like, ew. Because <laughs> it was like, oh no, I don't like the card. But anyway, when you get the tarot cards and or oracle cards, when you open them, you sync your energy with them. So you do want to touch the cards individually. You want to um, cleanse them. So what I like to do is I hold the deck up to my heart knock on the deck three times. You can put it on your windowsill at nighttime or during a full moon. And I talked about nighttime magic and the Luxury Goddess Mastermind. So you can go to my website and sign up for that to learn more about nighttime magic. Um, what's another way? You can ring a bell over it. You can put a clear quartz crystal on top of the deck. I've done that before. Um, some people like to wrap their decks in cloths a black cloth for protection. Um, I do not advise letting anyone touch your deck because that is energy. And, you know, if someone's coming to you for a reading, that means that they are in need of something, which is fine, but you don't want that energy in your deck. So knock on it three times, okay? 
you can even use your breath. Our breath is life. So it's just like you're blowing, you know, that positive energy, that cleansing energy. And yeah, just check in with your deck regularly. Uh, you don't have to charge it with the crystal, uh, but it does help, you know, to cleanse it with a crystal. And, you know, just keep that in mind. And even if you don't work with an, a, a deck for a while, that's completely fine. Don't feel bad. Don't think, oh, my gosh, I didn't use my deck in like three weeks. That's okay. You don't have to use these every day. You don't even have to use them every month. They are there for you when you need them. Okay. Just know that every now and then when you want to use them to cleanse it, knock on the deck three times, put a crystal on it. That's all. All right. Stay tuned for what's the next episode. Let me pull up. What's the next one? Oh, okay. Oh, that that's a good one. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna make you guys wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay tuned for the next episode in the Magical Tool series. Uh, let me know how you feel about this series. Uh, let me know if there's something in particular you want me to talk about. I want to make sure that I'm giving you content that you want to consume. Okay, I'm sending you all the love, lots of blessings. Be kind to yourself. You know I'm rooting for you. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in, Magical One. Let's keep in touch. Join the VIP email list by going to tmariejohnson.com. And as always, I'm sending you lots of love, many blessings. I'm rooting for you. And remember to be kind to yourself. Until next time.